You're about to enter Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, please search for us on iTunes. Uh, look at Nowhere, California, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Nowhere, California. Please hit like. And as always, we are very hungry for your feedback. So if you have any requests or anything like that, please send your love, your hate, or your apathy to Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Welcome to Nowhere, California presents a conversation with Toby Poser about the film the shoot yeah I went ahead and changed the name of these episodes again so it's not another special presentation Nowhere California anymore or another special Nowhere California or whatever else I've thrown out there these episodes are going to be forever known now as Nowhere California presents and then whatever we're talking about anyways in this episode we are talking Toby Poser she is the co-writer co-director and actress from the upcoming movie The Shoot this is an awesome movie, a great thriller, a little bit of horror in there, and then some comedy elements, too. Um, basically, it's uh, these models and their photo crew head out to the desert to do a shoot, and they get robbed. <laughs> Plain and simple. It's as simple as that. But it's not that simple, because a lot of stuff happens with this movie, and I could say everything right now, but you know what? I'm not going to because we're going to talk to Toby Poser right now. Okay, we have Toby on the line. How's your day going? Hey, uh, Josh, it's going great. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk with us. Uh, I guess the best place to start would be in the beginning. And uh, what led you into the world of acting? Oh, man. Well, I, I guess my earliest recollection is when I was maybe in fourth or fifth grade, I was really interested in school plays. I really look like a boy. I have short hair and I've got a name Toby. And people thought I was a boy and I would audition for little school plays. And and I once overheard someone saying, oh, she did really well, but she looks like a boy. And I guess back then they didn't cast the girls so much in boys' roles. <laughs> um, and so I, 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 I kind of left the picture. Until I got into high school, I finally had the courage to audition, and I got cast, and that was just, that was the beginning of it, uh, the beginning of the huge love affair. Um, so I guess it started uh, when I was a teenager, and then I ended up going to college, getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts at Tulane University in acting, and I've loved it ever since. That's awesome. Uh, throughout your career, you've worked through a lot of genres. You've been like on Law & Order, or Guiding Light short films, and everything in between. Is there one category that you prefer above another? I love film. I really do. I, I, I think that um, I've really been jonesing to go back to do some theater. Uh, but I have to say there's something about film that is such a cool, uh, immediate experience. And, you know, you only have a few takes uh, if you're lucky. And and then you have something that lasts forever. So at times in my life, I would have said theater, <laughs> but I'm really into to, to films now. I, they've always been fun. You have an immediate family for a day, a week, a month, however long you're working on it, and you create something pretty cool. And uh, speaking of the your work in film and everything, um, you've did, you kind of made the jump behind the camera with writing and directing. What made you decide to do that? Oh, well, when John and I and our girls moved to Los Angeles uh, several years ago, 
I was in my late 30s and I, I, it, the, the acting roles were really starting to wane and I guess I grumbled about it a lot and John kept challenging me to write my own stuff and uh, he was interested in, in branching out into something new uh, too so we just went for it and we wrote a script we bought an RV we took the kids out of school we homeschooled them for a year in the RV, traveling all around the country. And we just thought, let's just see if we can make a film. And a lot of people said we couldn't. And that just egged us on even more. So we loved it. We loved being a part of every angle of the filmmaking, from the writing, the directing, and the producing, and job scores, and edits, and the acting, of course. Um, so that's really what, it, what got me into all those other roles, was not waiting around for anyone else to tell me I could or couldn't do something and writing my own damn roles. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Uh, when people say you can't do something, that usually lights a bigger fire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the story for the shoot develop? Was there anything that was in your real life experiences that were brought into it, like a, maybe a crappy assistance job or something like that? Actually, John had had this idea for a long time. He was a quite successful model in the 90s, in the early and uh, mid-90s, and he would be sent to all these exotic places, like he did um, he did the Armani campaign in Morocco, and he was staying in these opulent palaces in the middle of the desert, and he had this idea that it would be pretty wild if someone just came and robbed these photo shoots with all this expensive equipment and these colorful characters you find on a, a fashion shoot. And he always carried this idea with him, so when we were looking for our third uh, feature to write, he immediately knew what he wanted to do. That did stick out to me when I first read the the plot uh, description for the shoot. I was like, okay, a robbery with a modeling crew. Okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of funky people in the fashion industry. Uh, a lot of colorful, flamboyant characters, uh, models who are always fun to look at. Uh, film uh, uh, photographers and the people who are just kind of working behind the scenes. Was, and then you got the desert, and you can't beat the desert. Desert cinematic, not, you know, joy. It's great. Yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of the desert, a good portion of this movie takes place in the desert day and night. Um, what made you guys decide to uh, choose this location? Was that the yeah. choice from the first draft? Uh, we Yeah, we we were really interested in shooting them in the Mojave in a specific kind of really remote part that we loved, but it was really hard to get the permit. So finally we said, and we were going to have to travel an hour and a half some accommodations anyway to do that, and finally we said, let's just see if Joshua Tree National Park is easier to work with. And they were just a blessing. They were so great and so speedy with the permits. They were it was a total pleasure to work with it. You know, a national park, either when the rangers would show up, all we had to do was flash the permit and we'd invite them to come and have lunch with us. They, it was just great and it was so beautiful there and we found the perfect spot. Nobody bothered us. Uh, so, although we're not above uh, working working around such things, <laughs> in this case, we didn't have to because they had everything we could have dreamed of being offered and we got to do it legally. I noticed that that location looked familiar. Have you ever seen the movie Grand Theft Parsons? No, I was reading about it, though. Or, or I, I, I was going through your podcast and I saw you had two, I think, on there and I thought I'd have to check this guy out. 
Yeah, uh, we did an interview with the writer of the movie, and he, t- he talked about uh, Joshua Tree and everything during the interview. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did he have a good experience, too? Yeah. It, um, the Basically, the story behind Grand Theft Parsons is a real story of uh, the singer Grant Parsons and his uh, deal with his roadie. Whoever died first, the other person would take their body out to Joshua Tree and uh, basically do uh, cremation to set the soul free. Yeah, that's cool. It's an interesting movie if that's you haven't seen it. a great story, yeah. yeah. Um, and you were talking about earlier with the cast of characters that are in modeling shoots and everything. What, um, how did you build this cast, and what stuck out with these actors and actresses that made you want to work with them? Uh, well, this is cool. We usually <laughs> cast people that we know, whether they're actors or not, experienced actors. Uh, we have a history of casting people we know, and in this case, we, we had a bigger cast, and we wanted to go outside our comfort zone or our, uh, our friends, and we went to John's old modeling agency, and they were really cool. They let us come in and meet a bunch of models who also were actors, and we just, we didn't even audition them. We just, right off the bat, we sat down with them in a room, and they, we just talked to them. Because even we were we were confident we could get good performances out of whomever we we cast. But it was really important that people could jive with how we work because we kind of get down to the nitty gritty of shooting. We don't really coddle our actors. We we spoil them with good food and fun, but we need to work with people who can who can go out into the desert and. Uh, and not have such a structured shoot as we probably used to. Um, so that's what we did. We just talked to people, and if they died with us and we died with them, we thought they could kind of rough it, like we like to shoot, um, the manner we like to shoot, then we invited them to submit an audition. And so we found a great male, actor, uh, male, male model that way. Ryan Smith, he was, he was just... Well, the minute he came in, I just loved him. He's a sweet Texas boy. And he brought so much to not only the character, but one day when we came back from a really long shoot, of course, John and I were always stressed out. He had prepared a meal, a barbecue. He took over the hotel patio and prepared a meal, you know, 25 people all, all on his own. It was so great. Um, and then our female model, we also found through a friend, she actually came out from New York, and she really uh, wanted to do it, and her gumption got her the role, besides the fact that she was incredibly gorgeous and talented. Yeah, she, both of the models really stuck out, especially the female model with her uh, bitchiness, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she, she was amazing. She was really great. Um, how did you uh, form the crew for this uh, uh, production? Was it like a skeleton crew, or did you guys have a decent amount of people? <laughs> That's a good word for it. More like a bone crew, like one or two bones, <laughs> as opposed to a skeleton. Uh, John and I typically are the crew, and our kids, too. I should say that we have um, two daughters um, who are now 16 and 11, so during the shoot they were uh, 10 and 15. And they help with the camera, they help with the sound mixing. And our first two films, they really helped a lot. In fact, our oldest girl, when she she would have been 13 at the time, yeah, uh, she shot a lot of our second film, Knuckle Jack. 
Um, in this case, we needed extra help, so we did hire two great sound people. We had uh, someone on the boom and then someone doing uh, the mixing, and and then and we found those. Uh, John just met one of them in uh, in a in a equipment house, and then uh, we have a really good friend who's really uh, big in the horror circuit. His name's Michael Hall, and he directs some writes these films called The Kids Get Dead. And uh, he's a good friend of ours, and he we flew him out here to help us in every aspect, whether it was the camera or just assistant directing, and um, and that's about it. Otherwise, everyone else, like I said, the people we cast were just such peaches to work with because they they blend the hands, you know. They didn't even have to ask, and that was our crew. That's awesome, and um, you kind of uh, went into a little bit with how you guys kept the set fun and the food and everything. Um, but how how did everybody handle the environment as a whole? Like during like I guess the shots at dusk and during the night, like the the, the evening shots. They were so cool. I mean, I think for some of the actors, they weren't used to being in that kind of environment. And often when that happens, the initial shock turns into. Uh, appreciation and where have I been kind of attitude like this is so beautiful um, I mean we couldn't have been luckier people were just so cool and um, and so nobody complained there were no rattlesnake bites or scorpion uh, things we, everyone was just lucky and they just rolled with the punches um, they were incredibly cool to our kids um, and it just it was, a, it was a dream. It was a dream shoot. That's awesome. Um, you, you, we were talking about how uh, you're going through the Nowhere Facebook a little bit. Uh, did you come across anything where we're talking about uh, WTF movie moments? Oh, I, I noticed all, all, all of that, but I don't think I listened to the ones that were about that. Uh, I listened to some of the actor, uh, the ones you interviewed with some of the actors. So, no, so tell me about it. Okay, um, Kind of a running thing with our show is uh, what the fuck movie moments, just basically from good to bad, and everything in between. And honestly, watching the shoot, there were a few of those. <laughs> um, as uh, one of the writers of this movie, uh, how did you guys uh, choose the points to throw in, like certain uh, moments, such as the, um, I the guess, drinking yeah, the drinking <laughs> pissing, yes. How, how did you guys uh, decide uh, where to put those in? Where the, was that like kind of a preset idea, or it's kind of like, okay, let's see how this blows? Uh, you know, that was a pretty organic decision because when you're thinking of survival in the desert, eventually, and it doesn't take too long, you're going to get to the point where you're thinking, well, there's dehydration, so what is there to drink? <laughs> and uh, that was a really fun scene to write and shoot and uh, John was really behind, behind that one and the actors were, were great <laughs> there were a lot of laughs there were a lot of good outtakes from that oh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty cool I mean, it was a mixture of I think like mellow yellow they still make it or some kind of energy drink and water <laughs> that's cool and then another one was uh I guess when the, everything was hitting the fan, that was another like uh, jarring, like what the fuck moment to me too. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, 
when uh, <clears throat> they come to rob the shoot. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, that was cool. You know, we when we got out there, we were so we didn't even know how that scene would would go. John and I, uh, and we just we just went for it. We didn't rehearse every, anybody. <clears throat> Since John uh, is also the DP and he was also acting in the film, you know, there was a lot of dosy doing with the cameras. So he kind of shot his point of view. He was one of the criminals, uh, one of the robbers coming in, shot everyone. My daughter was up on these cliffs shooting another angle. My ID was shooting the third camera. And then we just turned it around, and I had a handheld camera, and Mike had one just to shoot John. And so we, it was, it was pandemonium, and that scene is literally a pandemonium. So we shot it that way. It was very well shot. I, I like out of everything in that movie, when everything was breaking down during the Bosch robbery, that scene made me kind of rewind a couple times. While I'm like, okay, did I catch everything? And it was, it was awesome. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that's good to hear when it works out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, from the first draft to the finished product, did you need to make a lot of changes, or and were you happy with the finished product? You know, we didn't, did not, well, actually, from the first, things changed a lot from the first draft. It was quite different. Um, but, but, so from the script that we actually shot, uh, but once we had cast our people... We didn't change that much. You know, they had a lot of liberty to try new things. We always say, we're going to shoot it our way, we're going to shoot it shoot your way, and then we're just going to see what happens at the third time's a charm. Um, and, yes, we are happy with the, with the final product. Uh, we're really happy. It was, a, it, was a part, it was a departure from our comfort zone, this film. It was much more of an action film. Uh, it has a more thrilling element than our two previous films, Rumble Strips and Knuckle Jack, which are pure dramatic character studies. And we're, we're really happy. We've learned a lot. And uh, we're, we're still uh, looking at it. It's still very fresh to us. And we're really happy. That's awesome. Uh, what are your hopes for the shoot during uh, the new year of 2015? We would love to get into some we, that's always been a great avenue of exploration for us. We've, uh, the, the film festivals, independent film fest, we've, we've met great people. That's how we found distribution for our, our first two films. The people we met through the festivals. So we're hoping we can, and we also love traveling. It's a cool excuse to get in the car on a plane with our kids and go places. We've been to Berlin and Vancouver and, you know, upstate uh, Michigan and all over uh, with with the film so we're hoping we could do that and then we're hoping to get a theatrical release in the springtime show it as a limited release uh, and then get it out there on cable and iTunes and all the rest that's awesome I hope you guys do that because a lot of people should see this movie Um, before we wrap everything up um uh, do you have any upcoming projects, minus the film festivals and everything with the shoot, that you would want our listeners to know about? And where can we find you online? Sure. Uh, well, we're, our, our website is wonderwheelproductions.com, And from there, you can access everything on Facebook or the shoot film. 
Twitter, we're Adams underscore films. Um, we're on Instagram, Adams Family Films. Uh, and yes, we are working on the next two films. John's just written a great script, kind of going back to uh, what we originally were doing. It's a, it's a drama. When I say drama, I films always have a lot of humor, and, you know, it's, it's, and uh, so it's, it's, it's called Nick, Pop, and Eddie, and we'll be shooting that this spring. And then I'm working on a Western, if <laughs> you can believe that. Uh, I'm working on a Western. <laughs> it's kicking my ass, but I'm loving the journey. <laughs> the challenges are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Western with a bit of a ghost story. Oh, that's cool. Oh, um, I might as well give you our uh, trademark final question. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Toby, what is your favorite what the fuck movie moment? Oh, man. Oh, I wish I saw this. Oh, man. Uh, Yes, I did. That was a really interesting and good flick. I loved that film. I liked that director a lot. Um, he directed a film before that called Valhalla Rising. And, um, and there's just this... It, it, I guess my favorite what the fuck moment was in the end of that film. I would give it away if I talked about it. Oh, yeah. So why am I talking about Drive that? Because I have one, too. Um, in the elevator. I love that scene in the elevator when he just like lays this big smack on the female character. Um, and it's like a really beautiful kind of romantic kiss. The next thing you know, he's beating the shit out of this guy and like blending his head, you know. Yeah. Into the elevator. That was my favorite what the fuck moment. That is awesome. From romance to violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's about it. Thank you so much, Toby, for coming on and talking with us. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me. And I'll be uh, keeping my eye out on uh, your podcast. Thanks so much.